0: Welcome to BODCAST, the Business of Dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. BODCAST delivers the best business advice, real-life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host.
1: In this week's episode, Laura White is joined by Neil Richardson, Regional Manager for Dentists at Wesleyan Financial Services, and Olivia Miller, one of its specialist financial advisors. The three of them will be talking about the importance of financial planning for young dentists, particularly around income protection, mortgages, savings and retirement planning. Before we get into all that though, I need to tell you this podcast is for information purposes only and isn't financial advice. But if you are in the market for financial advice, stay tuned to the end where I'll tell you how to get in touch with Wesleyan Financial Services and its advisors. But for now I'll hand you over to Olivia and Neil and first up Laura.
2: If we could just get started, uh, if we start with you, Olivia, what are the first financial planning areas after graduation that dentists ideally
0: need to sort? Um, for me, it really has to be protection um and in particular income protection. You know you've worked so hard, spent years studying. If you then fall ill or suffer an injury that means you're unable to work for a period of time, um it really does affect your ability to earn and you know potentially you're looking at the next. 45 to, to 50 years until um, a state pension kicks in. So, so yeah, income protection for me really does underpin everything else. What about
2: you, Neil? Have you got anything to add to that?
3: So, yeah, I would absolutely agree with Olivia. Income protection is absolutely the bedrock of any young dentist's financial planning. And what all young dentists need to think is, is that if they were to have any period of absence due to illness, injury, accident, whatever it be, how else are they going to support themselves other than by having income protection in place? Even if you build up a little pot of savings, 10, 20, 30,000 pounds, ultimately a long term absence is going to wipe that out pretty quickly. And one of the things we talk to young dentists about is imagine the whole value of their career. So imagine all the time they spent training, all the debt that they've built to do that. And sorry, that's not intended to bring anybody down by mentioning that. but. It is. Imagine all that time you've invested, and to think you've then got a forty-year career ahead of you. If we think about what the average associate dentist earns, the value of that forty-year career career might be four, four and a half million, five million pounds. Would you really take a risk with that amount of money by not protecting it? That's the question we would always ask them to consider.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And new experiences that actually. Happened because I guess nobody's safe really, no matter what age you are.
3: Um, So, obviously, I was an advisor for 15 years before I I converted to being one of the management team. Uh, And unfortunately, in my time uh, of being an advisor, there were two or three clients where they were unfortunate enough to have their career as a dentist ended within their early 30s. Both the ones I'm thinking about were very, very lucky that they had a good level of income protection in place. And it gave them the financial stability to be able to to carry on living um, a reasonable standard of living to still meet the bills like the mortgage and things like that. So they were very, very lucky. There is one instance in my career as an advisor that sticks in my head, which was very upsetting, which was going to meet somebody in the in the late 50s. Who at that point was starting to look towards claiming their NHS pension um, at 60. But had basically scrimped and 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 kind of survived for 30 years, having been, um, been become unable to work as a dentist in the 30s and only had a very, very low level of, of cover in place, kind of 200 pounds a week. So it basically survived on, on scraps for 30 years. And the impact on her was significant. It was quite distressing at the time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So that's very important. Um, so what comes as a surprise for younger dentists or is there anything that they regularly aren't prepared for with their financial planning?
0: I, th- I think on the whole, the, the, there's an awful lot to think about. You know, that Neil mentioned you've just come out of university often with a, a large amount of debt there. So it's a case of going, OK, I'm going into a, a, a job where I can see a regular income, I've got more disposable income um, and just being able to think, OK, how should I be using this in the best uh, possible way and um, I think often we're thinking about mortgages at that time and then settling down coming out of student housing renting um, there's a lot of associated costs that go along with that side of things as well and the earlier that you can start preparing for this the, the better it is and building that into your finances right from the very start
3: So, yeah, if I could if I could add on to that and agree with Olivia, mortgages is certainly one that surprises young dentists at the moment with rates being higher and repayments being much higher than we've seen for 20 years. That's definitely a surprise when dentists first look to start to move out of rented and into owning their own home. The other thing that tends to trip them over uh, and it's linked into mortgages is, is accountancy. And the need to kind of be on top of firstly, what they're saving every month to make sure that when they do first have to pay tax for themselves, generally speaking, 18 months after they've begun, um, that they've actually put away enough. Um, but secondly, linked into that is is also the fact that at the point they do want to move from rented into a, into their own home with a mortgage, they're going to need a minimum of two years worth of accounts. So that can mean potentially three to three and a half years that kind of across into the career before they get to that point, given that uh, dentists perennially pay a tax in January and July and typically kind of trade behind themselves for the financial year. So they're t- two definite things that can trip over young dentists.
2: What are good habits to form then with saving and investing and what needs to be considered
0: And So a key thing for me really is having uh, short, medium and long-term goals and planning around those different areas. So short-term, looking at what's in the immediate spending, what's your um, day-to-day, medium-term, things that are coming up over the next three to five years, and then longer-term, so perhaps uh, retirement plans and, and saving for those. So it is really hard. So each pot may have a different risk appetite. You're trying to discipline yourself to to save money into the right pots. But it's about making sure the right amount is going into the right pot and um, to build it in from the start. Something is always better than nothing when it comes to savings. Um, and we really see sort of compounding effects of, of over time where that helps to be beneficial over the longer term and helping achieve those goals as well. And that's very very individual and um, depending on what your own personal sort of goals and aspirations are.
2: Oh, that makes sense. Have you got anything else to add to that, Neil?
3: Yes. So I totally agree with what Olivia said. The the more kind of regimented you can be with yourself and the more disciplined and the earlier you think about things, the better. Um, I would urge young dentists to almost try and take a kind of a mindset approach of visualization. So I would ask them to try and think about what the things they would spend the money are in that short, medium and long term. Short term, it might be immediately thinking about courses that they might want to save up to to go on. Dental courses can be hugely expensive. Uh, I've heard of people committing to kind of £30,000 worth of courses um, and that's not unheard of. So starting to try and plan those things that you are going to save for and, and trying to plan when you're going to need that those pots of money to do those things. It's really, really powerful. You can tie that back into obviously things like first house deposits as well. So you've got those things. I'd also say you need to start to think about how long your career is um, and at what point you would like to exit from the dental profession and what that might look like. So what you might go and be at that point, what you might like to spend your time being at that point. What you might like to do and who you might like to do it with whether that be travel whether that be <clears throat> go and try something else for a while as a career um, and start to visualize that really really early to help people like Olivia plan uh, as early as possible and get as much benefit from that compounding that she just discussed.
2: I'm guessing that's quite a big surprise for dentists as well especially if you're early in your career that you're thinking about the end of it so early on
3: Well, I think one of the big surprises for dentists is when we talk to them about the NHS and the benefits of completing NHS dentistry. And typically that means talking about the NHS pension scheme. The surprise that comes is that the standard retirement age is 67 because I don't think any of them go into it thinking that they're they're planning to work to 67 Um, and with the state pension age being tabled to gradually move to 70. That is always a shock when we talk to young dentists and they, they realise just how long the career is expected to be. But obviously, that's something that's a choice. It's not something that they're, they're forced to have. Just depends how well they plan.
2: Absolutely. So um, how far ahead should dentists be planning in their early career? I know we kind of covered this, but if if you are talking about retirement, how early is it as soon as they graduate that they should be thinking about starting their retirement planning
0: for me it's never too early um the earlier you start planning uh, the more likely you are to get to where you want to be at that time um i think it's all about giving yourself choices and financial freedom to be able to do what's right for you at the time and make those career decisions that are right for you at the time you want to make them like neil said so um, rather than being forced to make decisions based on your finances, have that financial platform underneath you that you' get the plans you've put in place that support your career decisions and enable you to live the lifestyle that you want to and retire when you want to rather than being forced by set retirement ages on that,
3: yeah, i I would just kind of say we've focused in on retirement and longer term things, but I think we should also be be saying to people to think about. Those early courses, the house deposit, things like the cost of getting married, things like the cost of having children. Um, there's just so many things you could think about that you could start to plan for. That, And everybody's absolutely different with different objectives and different life paths. So it's just trying to visualise those things anticipate what they may cost and starting to to work with an advisor to build a plan for them as early as possible whether they be short-term whether they be long-term.
2: No that makes sense so the final question we've got then is um, obviously there's, there's lots of different career paths for dentists but one of the big ones is whether you're looking to primarily work in the NHS or private dentistry and if that's the, whichever whichever path they decide to take, is there a difference in what they need to look at from the, the point of view of their financial planning?
0: It's, it's such a hot topic at the moment. Um, you know, we're, we're hearing it on, in all different media platforms. When you're working in um, NHS dentistry, uh, you've got a lot of the benefits that come alongside that. So, uh, we've talked earlier about um, uh, the pensions on their sick pay, um, and when you go into to do more private work these benefits are, are reducing or not there at all if you're only doing 100% private work. So it's really important to to build in the cost of replacing those yourself. Um, you know, sometimes that's not something that's always thought about. And when we highlight that, is it can be a significant cost because the NHS pension is really good. It is a gold standard pension. and um, So to replace the same level of benefit there is a factor that needs to be considered.
3: Yeah, so for me, I would say there's a really, really easy visualisation piece. If you think of a a tightrope walker uh, and if you've ever seen them practising, they always have a net. They always have a net that if they fall off, you see them bounce back up or they at least get caught. And that's the best way to think about working within the NHS, because you've got your sick pay. You've got maternity benefits. You've got ill health retirement pension. You've got death in service benefits for for your loved ones. You've got the pension to support you to retire on. Effectively, what you do when you move to private is you lose that net. So you've all of a sudden you've got to do all that for yourself. That's the best way to think about that. And for anyone who's changing their income balance to do more private work and less NHS work or to, to move from away from the NHS completely, they should absolutely be looking at and thinking about how they replace that net so that that support still exists.
2: No, that's great, thank you. Is there anything else um, you think needs to be considered for young dentists?
0: I think a really key thing thing for me is is speaking with an advisor, um, thinking about things and being aware of all aspects. So even if it isn't something that you can put in place right now, you know it's something that you need to work towards in the future. Um, so it's all about having regular meetings um, and concentrating on on what's important prioritising at different stages of your career to make sure that what's important to you at that time is in place and um, it's very easy to put things on a on a to-do list and on the back burner um but having regular meetings with an advisor definitely means that you do come back touch base um, and highlight the importance of, you know when the time is right for you
3: um, so if, if if I could add in on that there's um kind of a, a huge tendency i, I think we see in in younger people nowadays to to lean on social media and the internet to form their opinions and form their research um but i would say go and build that that support network that you need that learning network that you need from people who genuinely understand dentistry and, and are proven experts whether that be advisors accountants solicitors whatever it be there's always that danger that if you are relying on uh, a friend in the practice lunchroom, if you're relying on an opinion on social media on a dental group, do you really, really know that person? Do you really trust them to be an expert? How much experience have they actually got? It's really easy to give opinions in a format like that because there is no comeback effectively and and that's where anyone who is out there offering professional services for dentists does have you do have that right to reply. You will have that consumer protection. That is there to support you to say, have I absolutely got the right guidance in this area? And that's why I would say it's really important to to build a support network and engage with the professional services that are out there for dentists.
1: And that's our show for this week. Thanks to Laura, Olivia, and Neil. As I said earlier, if you are looking for expert financial advice, no matter how young or old you are, go to wesleyan.co.uk, where you can book a no-obligation appointment with one of our specialist financial advisors. To find out more about Wesley and more generally, you can find us on X, which is the platform formerly known as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and of course LinkedIn.